Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. The world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. And this Greek word for craving is, is an accurate word for the English language. It means intense desire for a particular thing. So the, world, the worldly desires are for things we see. I mean, think about uh, all the advertisements that we watch. And, and what, do you, what do we find? The world says you want more. You want bigger. You want better. Now... Uh, Pastor Christine and I have purchased cars. We've purchased new cars and we purchased used cars. The thing about purchasing a new car, as soon as you drive it off the lot, you've lost several thousand dollars probably. But imagine that somebody comes on uh, to, to do an advertisement for a car dealership. And they say, your car should last 15 to 20 years if you take good care of it. So unless your car is 15 years old, don't come see us to buy a new car. Take care of the one that you have. Uh, what kind of marketing strategy would, would that present? I mean, most people would say, okay, I'm fine. But what they tell us is, hey, your car is a year old. You need a new car. As soon as you drive it off the lot, you've lost several thousand dollars, but you need a new car because that old one is no good. Well, wait a minute. I thought it was good last year. <laughs> It seems to be working now. And so the world brings these, these cravings and desires to us. And how do we respond? The word says that not, the world not only offers a craving for physical pleasure, but a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements. So how many times have we thought, well, everything that I've achieved has been because of me? Well, wait a minute. The Lord gives us life. The Lord gives us breath. He gives us our skills. He gives us favor for the promotion. He gives us success and, uh, on the projects that he gives us and creativity and help and insight. I know that when I've had challenges at work, I'm like, Lord, okay, I've got a leak on this reactor. Would you help me find it? I've looked everywhere that I know to look. And so we have a responsibility in the fact that we show up for work, right? The word says that we're as to work as unto the Lord. We are supposed to be great examples in the workplace of what a, a, a good worker looks like. We should be setting the standard there. But it's God giving us the opportunity. God is the one that, that gives us the jobs and all of those things. So we look to him for his guidance and leading, even in our jobs. And it also says, uh, it talks about our possessions. The world offers a craving for physical pleasure, craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. Now, let's have, let's have an, uh, let's be honest right now this morning. We're going to have, we're all going to have a ta moment. And what ta means, it stands for transparent, authentic, and honest. Okay, let's be real this morning. But I think that it would be safe to say that all of us, everyone in, in here, 
We judge others on their possessions. We look at the car they drive, where they live, the clothes they wear, the toys that they have. And I think that has, the world has so influenced us, especially here in America, that we value people based on what we see regarding their possessions. Think about this. How many people try to keep up with the Joneses? Try to keep up with somebody, their neighbor, their neighbor gets a, a new car or a new boat or a new set of golf clubs or whatever. I mean, what is our mentality? We're talking about stewardship. Are we being driven by the culture around us? Are we being driven by the, the marketing and advertising that we see? Are we being driven by our neighbors and what they do or what they get? Let's go to the next slide. Why do people spend money they don't have to buy things they don't need to impress people they don't like? <laughs> Why do we do that? And so I think many times it's because this is a, a litmus test on how we can determine, are we loving the world and the things of the world? The seduction by the world, the love of things uh, that the world says we should love are not from the Lord. Now, well, let me just read on here in 1 John 2.16 continues. These are not from the, Lord, uh, from the Father, but are from the world. Are we craving temporal stuff more than our relationship with the Lord? Because what's eternal? Our houses aren't eternal. Our cars, our golf clubs, our boats, those things. What's eternal is our relationship with Him. I remember when I was in high school. Well, let me say it this way first. Um, there's a scripture that says, in the end, the earth is going to burn up. Uh, God promised that he would never flood the earth again, right? That's why we, he said, I'm sending you a sign. It's a rainbow. And that's a sign to you that I'm never going to destroy the earth with water again. I'm never going to flood the earth again. But... The word says that he will destroy the earth with fire. And so when, when I was in high school, and I don't know that this is where the phrase came from, but uh, if you drove by somebody's nice house, you know, when you're in high school, everything looks great. You know, you see a nice house, you're like, oh, I want a nice house or a nice car. And, and the phrase was, it's going to burn. <laughs> oh, look at that nice house. It's going to burn, you know. And uh, so anyway... God wants us to not be focused on the temporal things, but the things that are eternal. Investing in our children. Growing in our relationship with Him. Let's go back to Matthew 6.21. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So what are we investing our treasures in? And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about our time, our talents, our resources. Let me be clear here. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. There's nothing wrong with living in a nice house and, and driving a nice car and having a boat and having golf clubs and having some nice drums or whatever those look like. But where's our heart? What are, we, what are we concentrating on that's important in our life? Is it this relationship with Christ or is it all this other stuff? Our net worth and possessions do not reflect our self-worth. Okay, so you have money in the savings, you have your 401k, you have all these things. 
But that's not reflective of your self-worth. Our value is found not in our possessions and not in the stuff that we have and the money that we have, but our value is found in who we are and in our relationship with Christ. That's where our value is. The world and the world systems don't bring us satisfaction. Have you ever said, oh, if I just get that new car, if I get that big screen TV, then everything's going to be great. You get that? You're still not satisfied because the world is going to say, oh, well, that 128-inch TV is not big enough now. You need a 250-inch or whatever, <laughs> right? So we can never find satisfaction outside of the Lord and His purpose and plan for us because the world is always going to be saying more, bigger, faster. Um, so my first point this morning is what are the priorities in our heart? My, my three points this morning are three questions that I want us to ask ourselves. I want us to be transparent, authentic, and honest. I want us to, to really check our hearts and say, what are the priorities in my heart? My second point is, do you have a healthy attitude towards stewardship? Again, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks that God owns it all. So we are managing, we are stewarding his stuff. What's our attitude like? We know that in John 10, 10, you know the scripture, Jesus said the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you would have abundant life. So the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he doesn't really care how he destroys your marriage. He doesn't care how he destroys your life. He just wants to see us destroyed. And so he can do that through pride. Pride is one of his key tools that he uses to destroy our lives, pride. The word says, pride cometh before a fall. And if we exalt ourselves, we will be humbled. If we humble ourselves, we will be exalted. And so pride is one, one of Satan's greatest tools, deception, addictions. You know, there, there are a number of different ways that the enemy can just destroy our lives. But regarding stewardship, there are a couple of traps that I want to talk about this morning. We can have a poverty mentality or we can have a prosperity and, and uh, materialism uh, mentality or perspective. Both are out of balance. Now, some in the early church believed that people could only be saved through revealed knowledge versus having a relationship with Christ. Some believed that all material possessions were evil or that it was impossible to own anything without being corrupted by it. This mentality was similar to an ancient heresy known as Gnosticism. And I know that Al uh, talked about it in his life group a few weeks ago. He talked about this, this mentality. Gnosticism is the belief that all matter is evil and only spirit is good with emphasis on knowledge and intelligence. And so they were saying, hey, it, it's all about this knowledge and this intelligence. And let me make a distinction here between intelligence and wisdom. Wisdom is from God. Intelligence can be worldly. And it's not necessarily bad if you go to school and you get an education and, and you, you learn some things about whatever subject you're studying. That's not necessarily bad. But there's a distinction between intelligence because you can have somebody that's highly intelligent but lack wisdom. You can have someone that's highly, uh, uh, that has a lot of wisdom, 
but is not very intelligent according to the world's standards. So we need to be able to differentiate between intelligence and wisdom. We want godly wisdom. If you have intelligence too, that's great. Praise God. But uh, there were people that believed that it was um, the, the focus should be on, tele- on intelligence and, and knowledge. And so this led some people to rejecting Christ uh, because, again, also some of these people believed that everything that was physical, physical matter was evil and everything that was spirit was good. And so this led to some people rejecting Christ because Christ was fully God and fully man. Well, if something is physical and it's evil, well, then they couldn't accept Christ as a Savior with this mentality. So let's go to, to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 20 and 21. Paul's writing to Timothy here, and he says, Timothy, guard what God has entrusted to you. I don't think he's talking about material things. I think he's talking about the Spirit of God. I think he's talking about the wisdom. I think he's talking about this relationship. Paul's saying, uh, guard, watch over what God has entrusted to you. And this Greek word for guard means to keep watch over. Timothy, keep watch over the things that God has entrusted to you. And when I think about uh, keeping watch over, it's, it's uh, maybe assertive or aggressive. It's not passive, right? To guard, to keep watch over what God has entrusted to me, what God has poured into me. He goes on to write, avoid godlessness, or, or avoid godless, foolish discussions with those who oppose you with their so-called knowledge. Have you ever talked to people and they try to rationalize or talk out, well, the Bible didn't make any sense and, you know, that couldn't have happened and that can be explained away or whatever? I've had conversations with people like that. And what I realize is that unless you have the Bible as your standard, you're really having a futile conversation because if you don't have the same standard, it just doesn't work. And that's why when... You know, when, when uh, Steve and I worked in the lab, we would run standards so that we, when we analyze a product, we have a reference point that we can refer to. We would make up known standards with different concentrations of different compounds that we knew were correct. And, when, and sometimes we'd have to check those too because you could have interactions with these different compounds. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to get off into all that. But, uh, but anyway, we have to have a standard, a reference point that we can go back to. And so, avoid godless, foolish discussions with those who oppose you with their so-called knowledge. And I remember I worked with a guy and his wife was a member of a different, I would actually call it a cult, a different religion. And they didn't believe that Jesus was God and uh, they believed that Jesus and uh, Satan were brothers and just a lot of stuff that doesn't line up with the Word of God. And so we were going back and forth in these conversations. And finally I just said, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore because we don't have the same standard. We don't have the same reference point. They don't believe that Jesus is God. Uh, there were a lot of different things there. And so we, we have to be careful that we don't get caught up in those things. I mean, we should know the Word, and we should be able to defend the Word because we can rightly divide the Word of truth. 
But we shouldn't get caught up in foolish uh, arguments. Verse 21 says, So people have wandered from the faith following such foolishness. May God's grace be with you all. So we need to make sure that we don't get sucked up into these things. I remember uh, we had some friends uh, a number of years ago, and, and uh, actually the husband was a praise and worship leader at a church we went to. And his wife, she began to drift off. I don't know how she got off, but she embraced this uh, almost Unitarian concept that everybody is going to go to heaven. And she had been brought up in the church, and, and so there was clearly a step change in what she used to believe, as far as I know, and what she believed. And, and so it got to the point where we couldn't really relate because the things that she was saying didn't line up with Scripture. So we always need to go back to the Word of God as a reference. Some people have wandered away from the faith by following such foolishness. May God's grace be with you. Remember what he tells Timothy? Guard, protect, keep the things that God has entrusted you with. So we need to, to stay firm, firmly committed to the Lord and his word. A couple of years later, Paul's second Timothy to Timothy. He's talking about the last days. He's talking about difficult times. And in the, in the end times, there will be very difficult times. For believers, he says, people will love only themselves, love their money, be boastful, proud, scoffing at God, ungrateful, unforgiving. And he goes on to write in 2 Timothy 3 5, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. And he says, stay away from people like that. They will reject the power that can make them godly. And I think he's talking about people that are rejecting the Holy Spirit. I'll say, oh, well, you know, we know God the Father, Jesus the Son, but the Holy Spirit, now we want to stay away from that. That is the power. Jesus said, I go, that the Holy Spirit will come and lead you and guide you into all truth and be with us. So our identity should be based on our relationship with the Lord not on our possessions, not on our knowledge, not on our intellect, but it's based on our relationship with Him. Now, there's, there's some other uh, trains of thought that some people believe that being poor is a sign of sainthood, equating poverty with holy virtue. So, a poor person may be virtuous, they may be godly, they may have high morals, but poverty does not mean a person is virtuous, godly, or has high, high morals. Uh, we don't gain or lose value from God based on being poor or rich. And, and so... You know, I know some of the leaders in the early church thought this, thought this way. They thought, well, you know, we should, we should not have anything. And then they, some of them came to their senses and they said, well, wait a minute. If everything is created by God, everything is good, then how can it be evil? And, and if you think about it, go and read in Genesis chapter 1 where God created everything. 
Genesis 1.31 says that he looked and he saw what he, what he created, and it was not only good, but it was very good. And go and look at creation. What is, what's he creating? He's creating the sun, the moon, the stars, the plants, the fish, the animals, us. And so this didn't even line up with that. This, this theology or thinking didn't even line up with the Word of God because he said he looked and everything was very good. So God has given us, he, he's given us all of this for our enjoyment, but we, we shouldn't worship the trees and the plants and all of that, but we should worship him. Let's go back to, to 1 Timothy six seventeen. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Think about what's happening in Russia right now with the sanctions and, and all the things. Their money is basically uh, devalued. And that could happen to us too. I mean, you know, it could happen to anybody's money, right? So uh, Paul's saying, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Verse 17 continues, their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. So our trust is in him. Because our money can devaluate, we can lose it, whatever, the stock market. But he gives us all that we need for our enjoyment. Our dependence and provision should be based on the Lord, not on our money. A poverty mentality, well, let me go back and talk about this. A poverty mentality tries to make us feel guilty about God's blessings. And... Uh, we should never apologize for God's blessings. We should have, we should understand that God owns it all and, and that, uh, you know, he's created, he's blessed us with the things that he's given us for our enjoyment, but also for building the kingdom, for reaching those that are lost. So my first point this morning is what are the priorities in your heart? My second point or question really is do you have a healthy attitude towards stewardship? My third question is, do you own things or do your things own you? We can have this poverty mentality or we can have a materialistic mentality. Let's go to 1 Timothy 6, 6-10. Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. So if we're content and we say, hey, you know, I'm blessed and I'm grateful for the things that I have, that's, that's a great value right there. Verse 7 says, after all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. And I was thinking about the scripture. I was thinking about a few months ago when my mom passed, and I saw her lying there in the bed, and she was dead. And there was, you know, she wasn't concerned about anything in this world, taking anything with her. She was in the presence of God. And, and so what is our attitude do the things that we own own us? Are we trapped by the things that we own? Are we never satisfied with what we have? Verse 8, so if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Think about what's going on in the Ukraine right now. Think about people, not just there, but all over the world that don't have clean water, that don't have food, that don't have clothes. If we have food and clothing, we should be content. Even the poorest among us in this nation are wealthier than, than most of the people in the world. 
We're so tremendously blessed. Let's never take that for granted. And let's be thankful to the Lord for what we do have. And let's make sure that the things we have don't own us. But people who belong, uh, I'm sorry, but people who long to be rich fall into temptation or trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Money is amoral. It's not good. It's not bad. Money's not evil. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And if you think about it, Think about some of the atrocities and the things that we see. Think about some of the things that happen. What, what is the purpose for it? Is it to better the world or to better that, that person or whatever? Why, why do people rob? It's, it's, you know, it's for material things. First um, Timothy 6, uh, 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people, craving money, have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. So, are we worshiping things more than God? Have we made idols of material things? I worked at, uh, I had a, a very good job working for a company, and uh, it was rotating shift work. And at the time, it was eight hour shifts. And Pastor Christine and I had just gotten married. I left that job. And that's probably the best company I've ever worked for Valero Refining. <laughs> Put a plug in for Valero. But really, I was one of their earliest employees, and they treated us so well. They gave us stock options, and they really, it was a great company. And, uh, but I left that job because we were working eight-hour shifts, and I was working, you know, a lot. And it was impacting my relationship with the Lord. It was impacting my relationship with my, my wife. And so I said, okay, what's really important here? The important thing are my relationship and my wife. I can find another job. The Lord will provide. Luke 16, 13 says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. It continues, You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. When we understand that God owns it all and money is just a tool, that we get to use. We all need it, okay? I'm not saying we don't need it. But what is our focus? What, how are we stewarding what God has given us? Are we stewarding it, stewarding it from a godly perspective? Are we using money for our needs and also for eternal value or for eternal needs? The Lord is our provider, not the company that we work for not our money. He owns it all. We honor the Lord when we are good stewards of His things. And we, remember, we've, we talked about this early on when we we're talking about tithing. We don't give to get. We get to give. Because giving to get is rooted in selfishness. But we get to give from the abundance that God has given to us and blessed us with. And when we return God's portion with the correct heart back to Him, when we tithe, when we return the first of our increase, our first 10% to Him, we begin to understand biblical giving and generosity. And that's really the heart 
of why the Lord wants us to return to Him what belongs to Him. It's not about the money. He doesn't need it. But it's a, it's a reflection of our heart. What's our heart? 